Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You probably love the third chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. That's probably true, even if you don't remember right now in this moment what is in the third chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes. Maybe you love it because you heard it once at a funeral or at a wedding that you attended, since these verses are used for both occasions. Maybe you love it because you remember hearing in the 1960s that hit song in which the birds paraphrased this Bible passage with its refrain, turn, turn, turn. Maybe you love it because you simply read it in the Bible once or saw it written on a wall hanging and couldn't help but be amazed at how much of life a simple piece of poetry could encompass. So what is Ecclesiastes 3? Well, you know the words. For everything there is a season. For every time under heaven there is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. And onward it goes until it ends with these words, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. The words are so beautiful and rhythmic that you almost don't even think about what the individual things mentioned actually are. For indeed... You could walk through them without much thought. Things like hate and war and death become just sort of poetic pawns in the hands of Solomon the poet. We hear them read or we read them and we just want to sing, turn, 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 there is a season, turn, turn, turn. But if we actually stop to think a little bit about these things that are mentioned, and in particular, if we thought about how they actually have impacted in our, our lives in this world, well, then we might want to turn for real, turn away. For these are things indeed that bring deep com- or discomfort and great sorrow into people's lives. Each of us knows the times in our lives that have impacted us the most. Let's not sugarcoat it here this morning. There are some awful times that come to us in life. And the scriptures, they don't try to lie to us about this. They reveal times of great trouble in the lives of God's people throughout history as well. Today, let me show you one of those times when this happens by retelling to you the story of Naomi, but doing it, stealing a little bit of Solomon in Ecclesiastes' poetic flair. For Naomi, there was a season for everything in life, a time to be forced out of her homeland because the crops would not grow, a time to live among idolaters, who seemed to be much more blessed than her and her husband, children of God. A time for her husband to die while she was living among the strangers. 
a time for her sons to take idolatrous women as their wives, a time for one of those sons to die, and then another, a time to send her daughter-in-laws home to their mother before they suffered any more trouble, a time to return home with nothing pleasant in her mind but only bitter things in her heart. Yes, for Naomi, there was a time for each of these awful things. And unfortunately, there was no option simply to turn away from them. Oh, to be sure, there were some good things sprinkled into this portion of Naomi's life as well. That closeness that was evident between her and her daughter-in-law. The loyalty that that same daughter-in-law showed in wanting to return with her to Bethlehem. And the word that the famine which had caused her to leave had finally ended among the people of God. Yet one has to admit that the obvious reasons for bitterness in this part of Naomi's life far outweighed these pleasant things. So what are we to do? Do we just sink into despair knowing the hard times in Naomi's life? And the hard times in ours are truly real? Or do we try to just forget about them or act like they never happened? Is it just a matter of getting a better attitude when we consider these things? Well, later in Ecclesiastes 3, just a couple verses after where we usually stop reading about all those times and seasons in life, we find these words. Speaking of God, it says, He makes all things beautiful in their time. And at first, those words might seem like just overly optimistic mumbo-jumbo. How does one make beautiful famine or loneliness or multiple deaths in the family? Can he really make that beautiful? Well, Naomi certainly did not think so initially. She proclaimed among when she returned home that the Lord had dealt bitterly with her. She once was full, but now she was empty, and this at the Lord's hand. She did not turn away from those tragedies because she could not. They were real. She called those kettles that had been dropped with painful force onto her feet black, just like they were. Terrible things. You know, sometimes in the midst of our own troubles, it can seem to us too if the only times and seasons that we are enduring are the difficult or harsh ones. Life can seem to be a bit of one trouble after another. And in those times when we hear the beautiful promises of God, at times it can seem like that's just something nice to say. Rather than truly being the revelation of truth that undergirds the realest things in this world. But here is the truth. Those things, those promises of God, they are true. God really does make all things beautiful in their time. While we didn't read the rest of the story today, Ruth, this daughter-in-law of Naomi, ends up finding her way back not only to Bethlehem, but also ends up finding in Bethlehem a new husband. And together they have a new child. 
We're told at the end of the book that that child would indeed end up being the grandfather of King David. And that means that Ruth, this Moabite woman who once worshipped false gods, well, she would one day end up being listed in the genealogy of Jesus. Yes, that one who returned to Bethlehem with nothing would end up being part of the way in which God would, years later, bring the salvation of the world into Bethlehem. God, indeed, had made those horrid things that happened to Naomi and to Ruth beautiful in their time. And you need not just trust this account alone, for the key story of the Scriptures is of the exact same nature. For then also there was a season for all sorts of awful things. A time for betrayal. A time for injustice. A time for violence. A time for death. A time for crucifixion. And yet, from all of those things, God worked beauty. Oh, no one could see it in the moment it was happening. There was nothing beautiful to the eye about what was happening. But God was working beauty there at Calvary. He was working out your salvation. He was taking away your sin. He was giving you a hope and a future. He was making sure that you could have a new life right now. And that you would have eternal life with him forever. God makes all things beautiful in their time. For Ruth, a new husband, a child, and a place in the lineage of Jesus made out of the building blocks of bitterness. For the leper in our gospel reading, healing and a right relationship with God fashioned out of scabs and isolation. For you, a savior for your sins crafted right out of the trials and the troubles and the torture of God's only Son. So today, whether it is you that seems to be enduring a bitter time, or whether it is someone that you know and love, know this, while it may be hard to see, while it may be hard to believe, it is true. God makes all things beautiful in their time. Even things like trials and disease and death, he makes them beautiful in their time. Even when your eyes can't see it, let your heart know it. God is working. And if you have forgotten this truth, if the bitterness in your mouth has made you forget the sweetness of God's promises, return to Christ and his word today, and you will hear those promises again. Admit that you've let the troubles and trials of this world rob you of the joy and thankfulness that comes from knowing what God has promised to you. Stare at the cross and look there and know what God has worked for you there. Confess that even when there is much bitter, there is still reason to rejoice and to give thanks. There is still always before you Jesus, who does make all things beautiful and who has promised to make all things beautiful. We don't have to lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that everything is just good and pleasant in our broken world or in our lives. There is indeed plenty of time spent in this world that, are gi- that is given to things that are not pleasant. But we must remind ourselves 
that God and God alone is promised that not even those things can stop his plan of making all things beautiful in the end. He made all things beautiful in the beginning. Because Christ has redeemed all things through his death and resurrection, he will make all things beautiful again on the last day. And yes, even now, in real time and in real space, God does this work. He takes the bitter things of this world and he makes them beautiful in their time and in his time. He takes the bad and he works beauty. He makes all things beautiful. Thanks be to God. Amen.